Hello and welcome back to Prestar Code of Conduct. I will not be using enhanced um, Adobe Audio again because I'm also twice. I, um, I'm also like really tired. I don't want this thing to come out on Monday because I fell asleep while the audio was enhancing. I spent three hours in the pool, and but like I'm extra tired today. Maybe because like we finished by six instead of five, and I. And like I'm, I'm actually swimming. It's no longer oh, you spent like three hours submerging, or you spent like three hours kicking. Like I'm actually swimming, and it's really tiring. Jesus Christ, it's tiring. But then again, I had ate like the greasiest chips and the greasiest chicken with a couple of sausages, and I'm like, exercise. Yeah, sarcastic as hell, but like exercise <laughs> with shitty diets. Um. I'm so tired. Today, I don't know. I just want to talk about an imagined reality. Because, like, I've, I was, I've been very off-center this weekend because I generally plan my life around, oh, three days before I face the ghost traffic. And, like, Saturday is, like, a very wasteful day for me. Just, like, hedonism and maybe some cleaning. <laughs> I was not able to do any of that. So, like, that, I think that's the main reason why I like exercise. Because, like, when I, I do go out and exercise, it's like, yeah, there's something about my life that is together. Well, that and... Well, I wanted to say my finances, but, like, Naira has crashed again. So, <laughs> I'm living global poverty. Not in Nigerian poverty, but I'm living global poverty. And hoarding Naira does nothing. I don't know. Let's talk about my imagined like world. My imagined world is one where you go to school every day and school closes by 2.30. Then you go for activities and those activities include running sports. You go for sports activities. On the weekends, you go adventuring with your friends and everybody lives in nice estates. Well, there's like giant parks and inside the flat looking places is actually mansionettes with staircases in them instead of just a clean flat says the girl who's currently living in a cupboard apartment um then oh god like i'm looking at the state of my room and i'm like wow i'm an adult how are people my age maintaining households like I, how? How do like providing for like another human being and having the decency to be neat? But then again, I I did share room space with like eight other girls for like a, for like my final year, and I spent like things when the expectations of me to live in society with other people, I can maintain a level of cleanliness. Um, well, even right now, I am maintaining. Cre- a level of cleanliness it's just the bar is much lower than when i share the space with people but then again i'm always so stressed out like really stressed out because like i am around people so much and i think being an adult and living alone i i've gotten so used to being alone that i don't think i want to give up if give it up for anything it's like this is what's, what I've been missing for the last 23 years. Like, for 23 years prior, because it has been two years since I've basically lived alone. So, it's like, 
This is what I've been missing for 23 years. I am so happy in this current state of like, you come home and it's quiet and you get to decompress of all the people you had to talk to, all the human beings you had to be around. Even when you're not talking to them, you're around so many people and you're just like, ah, freedom. And to invite somebody else into your mental space that even after you spent hours talking to people, you you go and meet another human somewhere and it's like, ah, so stressful. I'm so tired. So freaking tired. Um, what else? I was talking, I'm going to talk about an imagined society. Now, when I go on my morning walk slash runs, I mean, it has been more of walk runs lately. I, I was able to do like one hour last week instead of like my regular one hour, 35 minutes when I'm like just speed walking. But today I did like one hour, 15 minutes because the music wasn't hitting like that. But when I go on my regular walks, uh, start runs, I pass through this cemetery. It's so beautiful. It's like, I've, I've never been in the cemetery, but like the gray walls that separate it from the main road and so many trees. I'm just like, God, this is such a vibe. It's like a really nice, like, wonderland in the smack dab in a very ginormous polluted city. Just like a giant, plot of not plots like but like a giant acre of green and i'm just like the air there must smell amazing ignore the fact that they are rotting corpses and grave uh what i don't know what those grave stabs are called hello grave markers and it's just like ignore that with the polished caskets and grave mark but the trees are so lush like know-how fed by like the hundreds uh, the thousands of bodies that have been buried in Athon Cemetery for weeks I mean I'm not saying weeks for the past like maybe it should be up it's be at least a hundred year old cemetery because I know like the cemetery was a thing even pre-colonial times not not pre-colonial times like but during colonial times most people just bury themselves in front of the house even people still do that like most people but like wealthier people use cemeteries because like they need the property value of their stuff to stay the same and, and or they don't want to bother to exhume the corpse when they are selling the property ah fuck we did that didn't we yes yes we did um it's it just be nice so like that place is just like an isle of green and it just makes me imagine like if Lagos had more trees because like some major cities have like 20% coverage in landmass of trees and I'm like, wow. Lagos is very polluted and very tight and very tiring and so sweaty. <laughs> I'm just like, if we had all this green, because it's like, even though we build a lot of things, Lagos is really fertile land. Like, even in the most fucked up environment, you just see, like, a couple of plants that are struggling to grow. Like, Lagos land is, like, ridiculously fertile, I think. I don't know. I'm no, like, soil scientist. I just see, like, land. I, I can't just imagine a society with trees on each side. Because it reminds me of one time when my older brother had an event that was held in the Netherlands and he just kept on talking about the trees and and like it was autumn and how the trees and, and the public transport and how 
comfortable it was, other than the fact that it sticked out, like being weird in a sea of Caucasianness. But I'm just like, imagine if our country was like that. Because the thing is, I don't want to emigrate. I'd like to visit, but I don't want to emigrate. I think like if the entire world was fully developed, xenophobia within countries would reduce. Because if people like met in conferences or whatever, or like they were in somewhere like America where it's already a melting pot of cultures, let's not think about the history of why it's a melting pot of cultures. People would they'd be able to move to either country of like one of the spouses. But when you have no choice because like the one of the countries of the spouses is significantly better than the other and like for like normal quality of life you probably would want your children to stay in the better one even if there's racism. I feel like xenophobia would greatly reduce if like all of the world's countries were developed. Because like you could go there and truly say that you want to experience the culture. And people can't use the whole, your country is gross and smelling because they, they, they just can't use that. They can't use that as an excuse because everywhere would be nice and you, you can't just be mean to people because they're from a faraway place that is not as wealthy as your country. Because if everywhere was, I don't know, regular, developed, one of the root reasons of being like rude or horrible, especially to Africans or like it's just yeah like, oh, my country is wealthier than your country and in that logic my people are so quote unquote better. Humanity is trash, my guy. Humanity is trash. But like if let me go back like that's the I can't it's very diff it's not like very difficult to be coherent. Like, when I'm excited about something, it's, uh, or I'm not, like, planning structure, it's very difficult to be coherent. And my mind goes to so many places. I just wish I wasn't, I didn't have to go to the office tomorrow. I'm going to get the tongue lashing tomorrow, but I'll be fine. Dio, you said by the end of this month, you should at least have the PL300. Because you, you need certifications. You need the PL300 and you need, like, a data engineering certification. Because you're good at this shit. Like, you just need the paper to show it. And maybe, especially, like, you really need to properly learn how to code. Like, you actually really need to properly learn how to code. Because every random human being and their, and their freaking father wants to be a data analyst. And I'm like, what's that? Every human being and their father wants to be a data analyst. And I'm like, what is that? Why? That doesn't make any... And I feel like, I feel so much pressure, especially when my job description is data analyst. And I'm like... I want to properly learn how to code and be like a data API engineer because like, oh, that seems so freaking cool. But I don't think I know any programming language properly because my mind is just shit at remembering structures until I use products. Like, like I, I can't say I don't know DAX. I, I know what's possible and I go and find like how to do it. I set up to scratch today. My mind, it couldn't keep my attention. It's funny how like, thousand pages sci-fi and high fantasy novels keep my attention but like when something keeps my attention it keeps it i think i don't think i have adhd or ad or or any of those things it's just um because i used to be very hyper obsessed with listening to classes and learning and but anyway maybe i considered learning as fun and so far, I had the opportunity to go in a corner and talk to myself and run, like, and decompress from being 
and be properly away from people all the time, I was happy. Now, I don't know. I just, the thing is, I want money. Why I want money? I want money because I want to be secure. I know I've completely veered off the main point of this podcast, which was to describe an ideal society. But I want money because I want to be secure. My ideal society is that everybody has a certain level of security. Obviously, luxury is luxury. People deserve. Okay, not necessarily deserve, but people will have more. No matter what, people will have more. Like, all fingers are not created equal. But it's a question, like, to wake up with the finger that you have and decide, oh, I'd like to change occupation, not because of money, but because I want to learn, like, the thing that they actually build and it's freaking cool. Or I'm, or even if my family is used to this, to this like, very high technical blah, blah, blah. It is, there's not going to be a slight debt or bug on me if I decided to be a mechanic or the like i used to tell was like in an idealized developed country the reason i'm using idealized because like developed countries are not idealized i okay like my idealized version of myself i think i i i I chose one random pure science like um um, profession because i felt like it's the most not realistic stem field in where you are from a third world country even then my applied and my mechanical engineering was not exactly realistic for a third world country i find myself in analytics and, and finance but like you put yourself in a situation where just like imagine myself in a science course that has no particular real application i think the the one that fitted my imagination so well was marine biology and i lived in a small village town which is funny because there are so many scenarios that do fit that in nigeria but like the comfort levels that i imagine like the house tv the the shelf of books the food those are not possible, even though the entire scenario is possible in Nigeria. Because, for example, I was in a local government in a poor country. I mean, in a, yeah, Nigeria is a poor country, but I was in a local government and they had a local polytechnic. I hadn't, I knew that if I put for it, I'd have an opportunity to teach at that polytechnic, but I wanted freedom, so I didn't. I just took like the lax way out, so I could spend most of my time at home. <laughs> um, uh, like go to work, come back to Lagos as often as possible because there wasn't that much work in the local government, and I was reading data science textbooks. Like who does that? Like I, I don't think I properly discovered YouTube until, um, maybe because I couldn't afford it. I don't think I properly discovered, but afford it. I mean, like the data requirements for this thing. I don't think and the internet speed, broadband, whatever, whatever for it. I don't think I properly discovered YouTube until... Was my brain empty when people were going to Andela or, or like when I had Wi-Fi, I was watching anime instead of instead of learning to code because I knew that it would have captured my imagination. I thought I'd be really fucking good at Python. The moment I, I was taught it in year three, in year two... I was not good at it. In fact, I was shit at it. <laughs> because we were doing it on paper and it was like memorizing syntax and structure and all this kind of rubbish. <sighs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm tired. <laughs> of what? I don't know. But I, I chose a random 
STEM field, I felt like had no real application. It was like marine biology. I mean, I actually don't like animals in the water or not. Like, I just don't like them. I, I keep on telling myself that if I ever become vegan, it's probably going to be because I truly hate animals, not because of like I care for their offspring and everything and their life. It's more like I don't like, like I can barely manage being around humans and I, I manage them because they're very familiar and, and their skin feels nice I don't know like it's just something about skin covered by hair material that I don't I don't recognize and it's like it's fur or it's feathers and, and they're, they're, they're an odd shape but they're too warm they're much warmer than humans yeah they're much warmer than humans and and their organs are in weird places, so if you try to hold them, it just doesn't feel right. But I'm very comfortable with them being dead and their flesh and all those things. But then when I remember they are living being, it doesn't give me like oh a sense of uh pity. I just took a human life. I just took a like a life. It's more of ah uh, they feel weird. The texture is terrible. So if I ever become vegan, which I highly doubt, it's probably because. I just don't like animals. <laughs> but, but I don't know why in my fantasies it was marine biology. I, for some reason, I thought I'd be cool <laughs> with that. But like, I, I, I'll probably take it to be like a diesel engineer. That'd be the fucking coolest. Like, imagine... Okay, let me just, like... For the process of, of reiterating or, like, speaking out of this fantasy, let's scrap the marine biology to the side. But it was in my fantasy somewhere with ocean facing the rocks. And I'd ride my bike to the university where I was a professor at. I think that's possible to just be a professor in a rural town. But like there is the normal things like electricity and T V and oh if you know and and money and money to just randomly buy um like very rich food. Because I think I think that's the main issue of this thing. You could save up for a TV in Nigeria, you could buy second hand, you could like really struggle struggle in your rural area with your professor salary not even professor salary maybe like lecturer salary because can you actually deal because my career in my opinion has slowed down in the past few years because that doesn't know how to push and fight for politics and work herself to death but like and Dio, I'm going to probably talk about like concept of like ambition and moving up and down like a couple of points later but like I need space I need space, and space in the sense of, um, imagine myself, like, as a professor in a rural school, it's just, like, I think the quality of food and the interestingness of food I'd be eating would be so limited, and I wouldn't be able to afford, like, you know, like, I can afford it now, it's just, like, I'm, I'm probably in a much better position if I was earning like a first year lecturer salary or in any first year civil service job salary Jesus but I'm probably in a much better position than that and it's like imagine if you're earning like oh first year lecturer salary would I be able to have I can't just imagine everything horribly second hand 
and having children I resent. But then again, I doubt that. I or like ah, it's just like the thing is that, that that idea is very beautiful, but just not in a poor country. But like I'd imagine riding from my bungalow and riding a bike or taking public transit. That's the one thing I like pu- taking public transit, even. In Nigeria, like everybody's like, oh, like you should learn how to drive, buy a car, mommy will buy it for you. Which I'm very grateful that that is an option for me. Very grateful. <laughs> but like Nigeria is the kind of country like the average middle class family has like four cars. <laughs> like especially when the children get older and they're not like all married. Like in middle, and I'm like, and I'm not saying it's like, oh, like middle class. Like the thing is, our middle class is very tiny, but we have an insane amount of cars. Jesus, um, especially in Lagos, because people have like used cars are very accessible, and people have to buy cars if they want independence, quote unquote, to move somewhere. But I generally do like public transport and showing up at a bus stop and meeting a bus and going somewhere. It's so it just works. It's just the traffic is insane because there's so many cars, which is traffic has also greatly reduced because um. Poor prices have gone to the sky. So people, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people can't, like, afford. <laughs> Why am I laughing? It's like a nervous, sad laugh. Can't afford to drive. So, like, more people are in public transport. A lot. And finally, I, you'd be thinking that we'd be lacking in buses now, now that more people are taking public transport. It's like, you're, we're not. If anything, like, all the buses that have been kept in a corner somewhere are now, like, filled up. And they like, but they're still fucked up buses. They're not comfortable at all, but like, we'll be fine. <laughs> We're always fine. And I'm like, and, I, and again, the, the people who are not in Nara and are tech bros and tech sisters, they just Uber everywhere. Yeah, they just Uber everywhere. Those people. <laughs> Maybe I, w- I want to be one of those people. I just earn like, um, maybe $30,000. Well, I bit my lip. That's why it sounded weird. Maybe earn like thirty thousand dollars and just thirty thousand dollars in a third world country like where the GDP per capita is two thousand five hundred makes more sense. Thirty thousand dollars in. But then again, you you can't always work for a wealthier country because like you. I won't even call it the caucasity of the situation because that's unfair to Caucasians. Because like a lot of people in rich countries, regardless of where they are, they they talk the most absurd rates like i'm on reddit with you talking about prices and stuff i'm human too like i guess you want a cheaper rate you don't want to pay somebody who has to spend like prices like pay prices in your country and because you are no different from the corporations you fucking complain about you piece of shit it's like um it's when you're not, you're not dealing with somebody from a poor country. And, like, the way they talk is just so fucking insulting. And you're just they're like, well, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm poor. But, like, does that make me less human? Apparently, to most of humanity in the developed world, it does. Because humanity is, is just trash. Like, we are exactly the things we complain about. Because I think a good amount of us would do exactly the things we see corporations do. The moment we have one iota of power over somebody. And I'm just there like, what the fuck? I need structure. Um, it's more of like people in wealthier situations that do that. Whether or not the, the middle classes of middle class Jews 
if they want to just they just give you prices that don't make sense because they want to like because they've heard some fantasy of you can scam third worlders and the point is when you um pennies to the dollar when like you're from like a different country or this one and you need ai you need this one you need that one it's just i don't know are we ever going to have an equitable future i doubt that but i don't think i'm planning to like add people to the to the bunch then again started talking as if she will even have an opportunity to do that because like ah meeting people is stressful annoying and i don't like that fuck um yeah back to the whole thing that was the plot of this entire podcast me describing an ideal society one where people worked give or take six hours a day but that's like generous one where people were able to sleep for properly eight hours okay now you're sleeping for eight hours without question yeah, sleeping for eight hours without question. Says me that should be planning to fall asleep now. <laughs> if I want to wake up by five, maybe work out a bit before I go to work by bus. <laughs> so it's like eight hours. That's that leaves you with um, I guess sixteen hours. And you don't and you don't and you work and commute. Keyword is you work and commute, and. And that's in eight hours. So it's like your commute should be like give or take forty-five minutes, go come. Then you work for like seven hours, fifteen minutes. Even that is being generous, but like you work for. But the question is, that asking for how long they really work, it's not that much. Like people spend a lot of time talking bands in the office, then ha- then find themselves having to work so much at night. And when they don't talk bands, their brain is fried after like f- five hours of streets. Okay, five hours of super hammer productive time, but then again, you have a couple of hours for like mindless meetings and like oh, like your your nine hour workday shit. Oh my god, I do I do do like a nine hour workday. Yeah, I'd say forty five hour week. That's like the standard in Nigeria. Like you work a forty five hour week is the standard. Then you now have um. Then you now have like extra work that comes up. But let's say you're working seven, eight hours plus commute time because your city is a 15-minute city for the most part. And you live, then you have four hours. Four hours, um, I don't know. I don't know why you're going to meet four hours, but you said for eight hours, then you have like... I don't know where I'm going to meet, fit those like other eight hours because like it's looking weird. Okay, maybe because I'm thinking, okay, you you work work starts by nine, but you wake up by six, so like you have six to nine. That's three hours. Then you get back home by by five. Let's be generous to yourself. It's it's, it's yeah. We get back home by five. Then you now have five to ten. Five ten is five hours for three hours. Yeah, okay, so that's where your eight hours is. Uh, you begin the cycle. That's the ideal. So people will do their work or their shifts, their situation. They will work for demand because people need companies and corporations and and people need to build products to make sure those products continue to work and like the whole continuous thing. People need to do those things. 
people need to be adults. And then you have like eight hours to yourself doing God knows what. And and that's fine. Because I feel like when people truly have that eight hours and they're not spending so much fucking time in commute, they they work really well for their employer. And that's great. That's really great. I also need to get back to the now my chair from for work from home. But it's my work table is like a mess. I've been doing like the most uncomfortable thing because it was like, oh, like a nice change of pace from my desk. I've been sitting on the floor and working on my bed. <laughs> oh, fuck. I have to go to the office tomorrow. Like I usually plan my life around three days a week. But I can't do that. Shame. I'm tired and I want to sleep and I want to go swimming and I want to die. Okay, no, no, I don't. I okay, I can't exactly give you a concrete answer for that, but like the ideal society. I've mentioned time. I've mentioned the trees. God, I love trees. Like if I don't like animals, I love trees. I don't mind bugs, but I love trees, and especially like how nice and tropical the trees we have in Nigeria are. And we still have some trees that do the whole, like, at one point in the year, they drop their leaves. So it's like, you can still have the autumn feel. Like, most it. Trees are green all year round. I can just imagine, because in my boarding school, outside the field, we didn't have a pool, like, CMS, but, like, in my boarding school, we had, like, a nice, um nice large field with track around it and like a gym with like indoor basketball gym that it would have suffered but I feel like it probably reflowed that gym by now and people play chess at the balconies of the gym and sometimes so like in my school but the, the key point I was coming I was facing the Catholic chapel but there, were, there was a row of beautiful pride of Barbados trees with very beautiful red rose what am I calling red roses red flowers uh, like when they just when the wind blew them and they just fell on the ground it was insanely beautiful I remember like 15 year old me just imagine like if our whole country looked like this and there was like this one point because um, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it before my aunts used to live in a vicarage but the vicarage was in an old colonial house that had like these nice uh, this the windows were so nice <laughs> they're probably important from the uk it was like an old pink colonial house that had i'm very sure i've mentioned it like a billion times on this podcast especially at the earlier periods that had pink paint and beach sand and a pool ah now that i know how to swim it, like that pool would just be perfect and a pool with a bar and it table tennis house there's like the two bungalows opposite the um the main duplex i was like the windows were so old and i love what i loved about it is like it had this really old layout but like you can normally when the guests would come in through the washroom like where the dryer and washer was and they'd walk into the kitchen and from the kitchen into the living room and like beautiful wood flooring but like the main door frame was facing the pool, and the pool was sound. I don't know why it had cactus. I remember like crying myself to sleep, and after my older sister picked the cactus out of my skin, 
ah, cactus feels weird. My brain is trying to remember the sensation of being stung, like, by cactus spines. And there was the pool, and... And there was the bar that the Seafarers Club met. And there was a gate. And outside the gate was the ocean. And things, I'm not sure if I'm remembering it well. Because all I could do was like look out of the gate. And my brother told me, used to terrify me that like crocodiles used to come out of that gate. What in the silliness is that? I, but I was, I'm pretty sure the one time I had courage to walk towards the gates it was the ocean and beside us was like a high-rise apartment and i imagine and what but it was always basically empty because like who could afford that <laughs> i wonder who's the investment journal i don't think i, I want to go to a papa like oh a papa is such a vibe and you go by boats like and ah oh, pools and amusement parks and fun times And you'd go. Well, ignore the fact there was an Anglican church and we had to spend like hours in church all day when we visited them, but like, what the fuck? It's, it is a vicarage, but like, I want to work hard to provide that kind of life for like, like, I want to see that kind of wonder when my nephew and niece visit me. Because I, I realistically don't see myself breeding or with anybody. But, like, that's off points. Very, very off points. But, like, on my nephew, I want to have that fascination and obsession. I think it's, I've always, like, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't know, maybe I really have emotions. Because, like, I've always tried to, like, bounce around the emotions around me. Which is something I really like about being an adult. Because I generally say that my emotions are my own. Like, I'm no longer gauging how people are reacting to react to something. And I feel like a lot of the way I behave to some people, I kind of regret it now because, like, because the one time, the few times I did stuff independently, independently without gauging the emotions around me, it, w- it was often to do something malicious and out of character for me because I wanted to lash back. But, like, in situations where you are living with all sorts of people, you're living with all sorts of people, you're traveling, swimming, you, you, I don't know, I find myself replicating emotions and feeling particularly hollow because I didn't feel what was being felt. It wasn't particularly funny to me. It wasn't particularly interesting. And things, I tend to talk a lot because that's one of the reasons I started this podcast. It's like, because I don't actually like talking to people. I like talking. And I may end up revealing a lot of information that may not necessarily be said and shouldn't be said to people. Which is funny. I don't do that. Like, information entrusted to me. It's information about myself. About me. Like, I'm, I, 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 I'm always bothered when I'm, when I'm just randomly talking because to keep this person engaged. And I say something personal, then I try to gauge what do I know about this person, and it's not much. But because I like to talk, I end up like oversharing because like I really like the sound of my voice. I'm actually going to play this thing back. 
after this I, I, I sound better than it sounds on the recording I actually generally do sound better than that I want to sleep I, I'm surprised that I'm talking 35 minutes because I, I've just been talking about <laughs> like it's not necessarily philosophy but it's like I need to improve myself but I keep up beating myself over like a window of opportunity that was missed even though, like, where I am is actually very comfortable financially, like, a same comfortable financially, like, for a single third world female. Um, but I should also get to a point where I, I, I actually can't afford to travel. I can't afford to travel. I just, I'm making excuses as to why I'm not just spending the money and going. Um,. And I'm a bit too much like pain. And so before everybody thinks I'm, I go around trauma dumping people, like, just heads up, I actually just like the sound of my own voice. I don't really give two fucks about your opinion. But I do want to hear stuff and I about you. And I like it when people tell me that, like, properly tell me, because I am capable of listening. Which is something that like, people are quite shocked when I remember a lot of details about them. Because I talk so much, you'd, you'd think I, I wasn't capable of listening. <laughs> and it's, it's been 37 minutes. I haven't talked this much in a, time, in a while. I hope this thing just records properly because I'm terrified if I actually lose this audio. Says me who did not accomplish the, the structural thoughts I was hoping for. And yeah has been a personal code of conduct i'm not offering any knowledge i'm just being a vibe (laughs) have a productive day and pray for me this audio doesn't get destroyed